Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. I'm Nate, and this is Timeline Tapes, the podcast made by the YouTube channel Timeline. Our YouTube channel Timeline has hundreds of fascinating documentaries to enjoy, but we know that not everyone has the time to sit back and watch them all, so now we turn them into podcasts too. This week we'll be journeying back to February 19th, 1945, during the peak of the Allies' war with Japan. In amongst the hellish chaos of the Pacific Theater, H Company of the United States Marine Corps' 5th Division, made primarily of 18 to 20-year-old boys, are lowered from cargo ropes into choppy ocean waters. Their mission? Assaulting the South Pacific island of Iwo Jima. Among the voices you'll be hearing is seasoned actor and narrator Tony Call, who's featured on shows such as Code of Silence and Star Trek as well as many of the surviving veterans of H Company, recalling their experiences as young men, thrust into one of the most horrific engagements of the Second World War. December 7th, 1941. The Japanese launched an unprovoked attack on the U.S. naval fleet at Pearl Harbor. President Roosevelt spoke for the nation. No matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. Imperial Japan joined forces with Hitler and Mussolini the previous year to form the brutal Axis powers. The offensive strike on America was a defiant grab for power by the island nation and its military leaders. America was at war. U.S. forces struck back at the Japanese. They liberated a string of islands from the Imperial Army and pushed ever closer to the Japanese homeland. The U.S. set up air bases on these islands. And on November 24, 1944, began a massive bombing campaign against Tokyo. For the Americans, Iwo Jima became an island of strategic importance. Situated halfway between Tokyo and their air bases in Saipan, the U.S. needed it to succeed in their advance on Japan. But to the Japanese, Iwo Jima was sovereign soil, the first defense of their homeland. The eight square miles of volcanic rock was equipped with radar installations to detect the approaching bombers and loaded with fighters to intercept and destroy them. 
Over a hundred American B-29 crews were lost. The Japanese fighters were also destroying U.S. ships. The island had to be taken. February 18, 1945. In the early morning hours, the U.S. Navy began shelling Iwo Jima from both sea and air. Their objective was to soften the beachhead for the landing of 80,000 Marines that would begin that day. 19-year-old Private First Class Jim Norton was preparing for the invasion. Iwo was the most bombed place in the Pacific. And uh, they figured they pretty well, they thought that we'd probably be in there about three to four days, be done. The Americans on the ships had no idea their shells were having little effect on the Japanese defenses. Japanese Navy Ensign Kiyoshi Endo. We were ordered to make underground shelters where we took cover. The bombardments continued without a break, but we were able to endure. The Japanese carved over 16 miles of tunnels and fortified gun emplacements under the entire island. Inside Mount Suribachi, the tunnels plunged seven stories into the earth and included a heavily fortified hospital and command center. Japanese Imperial Army Lieutenant General Tadamichi Kurabayashi commanded the island from deep inside Suribachi. Outnumbered and outgunned by the U.S., he could not win. His strategy was simple and brutal. Kill as many Marines as possible. He ordered each of his soldiers to take at least 10 American lives. Anything less would mean a dishonorable death. Japanese Master Sergeant K. Kanai was 21 years old. It was considered an honor to die in battle. We would gladly offer our lives under such a virtuous commander. On Iwo Jima, the Japanese soldiers could not count on any help from their Navy or Air Force. All the Japanese warships and fighter planes were being moved to a neighboring island. They were preparing for the inevitable final stand against the Americans on Okinawa. The Japanese left on Iwo Jima had to hold the island alone. The U.S. battle plan to take the island was to land three divisions of Marines. They would move north to take the airfields, all except for one group. The 5th Division's 28th Marines were ordered to split the Japanese defenses in the south and take the highest point, the dormant volcano, Mount Suribachi. Private First Class John Douglas was 19 years old at the time. And I can still see that in my mind's eye yet, and looking it over and looking over the mountain, and that was... I, I can tell you that I didn't know how successful we'd be going up that mountain. I thought that was probably going to be a bad, bad scene. Nineteen-year-old Private First Class Clay Coble. There was never any uh, 
talk about uh, if we take it or that sort of thing. We're going to get it, and we're going in there, and the Japanese are going to surrender, or, uh, boys, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're going to have to kill them. Now, I know killing, a lot of people have a lot of qualms, but if you don't kill them, they'll kill you. An 18-year-old doesn't think too far ahead. I mean, you, you know you're going into action, and, and I, I wasn't really scared. I, I knew one thing that concerned me was I knew when I went over that rope ladder in the morning that I was leaving the mothership, that I, wasn't, I would have nothing of America. You know, I would be just, I would just be on, on a place that I just had no idea of anything that was going to happen to me. That part was scary. On the eve of the invasion, Marines attended church services on their troop transports. I mean, most guys, I think, were pretty much uh, ship-shape with, uh, with the Almighty when they were getting going in because they never knew whether they were going to be in eternity or not, you know? The day of the planned assault was Monday, February 19th, 1945. You could have heard a pin drop right on board ship because everybody was, you know, pretty tense. God only knew what was ahead of us, you know, whether they were going to get wounded, killed, or what, what it's going to be like. Nobody talked on the hold when we were waiting to go. Until they, they say, Marines, report to your debarkation station. Goon sergeant just said, this is it, let's go. Leg over the rail and started climbing down. You like to be climbing up, but you're climbing down. No, you want to do anything but that, but that's what your orders are, and that's what you've been trained to do. So you do it. As the Higgins boats filled with Marines, they left the ships and began circling, waiting for the signal to hit the beach. Inside the small wooden crafts, the Marines were easy targets. When you've never had fire coming towards you, you don't even know what it sounds like, but all of a sudden you realize these sounds are different than when, when you're firing, you know? It sounds like a ping, 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 ping. When you're firing yourself, it's quite noisy. And then when you see people falling, you know, you know they're, they're hit. The invasion began at 9 a.m. when the first wave of landing craft were ordered ashore. For the Japanese waiting on the island, surrender was not an option. I ordered that each man receive two grenades. The first grenade was intended for the enemy. The second grenade was to be used to commit suicide if they were severely wounded or were going to be captured. The soldiers knew they could not be taken by the Americans at any cost. All those who killed themselves before their capture would die with honor. As the first wave of Americans landed, the Japanese forces pounded them with heavy machine gun fire and shelling. 
they were completely decimated by volleys of fire from Japanese rockets, mortars, and artillery pieces. The damage to the Americans who tried to land was enormous. The men on the beach reported back to the command ship that they were pinned down by the overwhelming Japanese resistance. The 28th Marines H Company could not move in until the beach was cleared. They circled and waited, without any protection from enemy fire and shells. I really realized that, that I, I could very well be killed. We could see planes being shot down, coming down in flame and smoke, you know, and crashing in the water. Guys don't want to say, you know, I'm scared. If one guy says it, then the whole boatload is worried, you know. You keep it to yourself. Corporal Wesley Plummer was 20 years old. I read the 23rd Psalms a couple of times. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I've carried it ever since I left Iwo Jima. Three hours after the first wave stormed the beaches, they had finally broken through. H Company was ordered to land. Whether you like it or not, you're going. You gotta go. Corporal Charles Johnson was 21 years old. As soon as the Higgin boats hit the deck and the gizmo went down, I'd look and see all the junk and everything. I said, holy Christmas, this place is something else. This is gonna be something. When the ramp drops, you all get out of there as fast as you can. Some go right, some go left, some go straight. The Marines had trained for this day for thousands of hours. When they hit the beach, their training took over. Everybody spreads out because you're taught that. You never, ever keep together. Bad enough to get one guy killed instead of getting four or five killed. reasons you want to clear the beaches they've already got their artillery and all their mortars zeroed in they they've got all the numbers in all they have to do is just drop in the rounds and that's you had to get off the beach because that's where they wipe you out to clear the beach the marines had to overcome the first of iwo jima's formidable natural defenses it was a tremendous 15 to 18 foot embankment of sand there we had to get up over that. The island's unique volcanic ash sand was harder to move in than any of the Marines had expected. It was terrible sand. It was very coarse and uh, loose. And you just practically went down to your ankles in it, so it was tough to run. You couldn't get traction from the sand. It was very difficult to uh, walk or run. 
sort of like uh, coffee grinds. The coarse sand made it impossible to dig in and find any cover. John Douglas had the extra burden of clearing the beach with a heavy Browning automatic rifle and clips of ammunition called magazines. The weapon weighed 19 and a half pounds. Each magazine weighed a pound and a half, and I carried 13 magazines. And that's why I couldn't clear the beach. I couldn't go any farther. And when I went down, I could see, I could see the sand where the machine, a machine gun was coming, and I, I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't move. Like the Marines before them, the boys of H Company found themselves trapped on the beach. They were facing certain death from the Japanese guns if they could not free themselves from the treacherous black sand. Noon on February 19, 1945. The 28th Marines H Company landed on the treacherous sands of Iwo Jima. It was the first U.S. invasion of Japanese soil, and the Japanese defenders were prepared to die rather than surrender one yard to the Americans. Before the first day's end, the boys of H Company and the rest of the 28th Marines' mission was to cut across the island nearly 700 yards over open enemy territory. As soon as the men hit the beach, they could only advance a few feet before they were trapped by crushing enemy fire. With the Japanese in front of them and a wall of wreckage behind them, there was no chance for relief. The Japanese destroyed much of the heavy equipment the Marines were depending on to take the island. Corporal Wesley Plummer. When we landed on the beach, it was very crowded, some of the boats, they had to stop offshore because of the wreckage. There wasn't any place for them to uh, dock or land. Private First Class Bill Nicholas was 19 years old. You could smell the, the cordite, the gunpowder, very readily, and uh, there were sights of... There were, there, were, there were sights that you would see, but... Uh, you would not want to share them with anybody. People uh, have been literally destroyed or uh, some were wounded, trying to find some place to get help. The best way I can explain, I look at the beach as I look, it was like hell on earth. That's the best way I can explain it. Terrible looking sight. As thousands of Marines were wounded, their bodies ripped apart by Japanese guns, medical corpsmen and doctors fought to save lives in the midst of the carnage. U.S. Navy Lieutenant Dr. Thomas Brown. All the men that I saw on the beach in our battalion when I landed were dead. It wasn't but a minute or two until I heard the corpsman saying, oh, Jesus, help me. He was attending a wounded Marine whose 
part of his uh, skull had been blown away. And I said, Roy, I'm not Jesus, but I'll help you. We bandaged his head. There wasn't really much to do, and he'd given him a shot of morphine. The man was dying, and we knew it. And just a few minutes, he expired with his last gasp. The Marines believed the months of intense U.S. bombing before the battle eliminated the enemy defenses. But once the men landed, heavy fire was coming at them from fortified bunkers dug into the side of Mount Suribachi. Every Marine on the island had the thought, I know that at some time I'm going to get hit. I don't know when or how bad, but I'm not going to get off this island without having been hit. We were like sitting ducks. The men of H Company had to advance. They had to get off the beach or they would be slaughtered. In the face of relentless enemy fire, they climbed over the beach embankment and onto an exposed plateau. When we got over the rise, the first rise on the beach was when all hell broke loose. And that's when we started uh, having a lot of casualties because of all the uh, firepower and the shelling and so forth that was going on. I mean, it was heavy stuff coming in. I mean, artillery fire and mortars and grenades and rifle fire and everything. I got off the beach and the first thing I thought I saw was, a. I thought this is my first seeing of a dead jet. And I got up there and and it was only legs. And it was just the bottom, and it was, they had the same kind of leggings that I had on, the same kind of shoes that I had on, and I knew it was a Marine. It was impossible for the Marines to fight an invisible enemy. I didn't see any Japanese at any time in the getting off the beach. They could see us, but we couldn't see them. And that was a very confusing part. The Japanese turned the entire island into an underground fortress. Miles of interconnected underground bunkers and caves ran the entire length of Iwo Jima. The tunnels gave the Japanese their only advantage, surprise attacks. Japanese ensign Seiya Oide. Japan had less than 21,000 men on Iwo Jima, and the U.S. had several times more. The Americans possessed superior weapons and greater stockpiles of supplies. But Iwo Jima had to be defended to the end in order to protect the Japanese mainland. Because of the tunnel network, the Japanese could ambush the Marines from any direction. No matter where the Marines moved, they were constantly surrounded by enemy fire. You just kind of zigzagged, and you didn't really know what you were zigzagging from, but you just did. That's the way you're trained, and you, you go as far as you can and uh, safely, and then keep your line, and then get down. 
you've never been shot at by two or more people that's trying to kill you, you've missed an experience because when the bullets come close to your head, they make a pop noise. I mean, a very loud pop noise. Of course, as long as you hear them, you're okay. It's those that you don't hear that gives you trouble. You're bound to get hit because there's just firepower everywhere. It's like walking into a shooting gallery. The only cover the Marines could find was the massive bombed-out craters. Well, you look for a hole to jump in, and then you, when you think you, you've been in that hole long enough, you take off again and jump in the next one. Whatever you could, some protection, try. you look for protect, protection along the way. When the men found cover, they used it to regroup. I don't know where Nog's at either. Keep a watch over we there, stopped for a break, Sorry. and the squad leader took out a picture out of his billfold of his girlfriend back home. He kissed that picture, and he said, Honey, if you could just see me now. He put it back in very carefully, very cautiously, in his billfold, and put his billfold back in his pocket. He stepped up over this little rise and he was shot in the chest and fell back. He never did say another word, didn't groan. He was dead before he hit the ground. And I thought, man, they mean business, you know. They, they're gonna kill all of us if they can. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Timeline Tapes. We're hearing about H Company's bloody battles for Iwo Jima in the final years of the Second World War. 
Under crushing enemy fire, the men tried to push forward. Private First Class Jim Norton made it off the beach. Norton! Only to receive orders to go back. Go back and get Wilson's gear. He was a runner assigned to carry messages between commanders. But his squad was cut off without their radio equipment. The other runner was uh, killed landing on Evo, so um, my lieutenant said to me, Norton, go back and get Wilson's gear. When Norton got to the beach, he was not prepared for the sight of his dead buddy. I guess you just can't believe it, that it's happened, you know. Uh, but when you see him there, you just realize that he's, he's gone, you know. It's a, it's a shock that you're going to see many times. I couldn't even find the stuff, you know. It was just chaos back there. I mean, guys were hollering at me, you know, get, you know, get the hell out of here. And you just have to go on, you know, leave him there. Somebody's going to take care of him and do something for him. I mean, for his body. So that's a, that's a tough thing to live with. As the sun set on the first day, H Company stopped a few hundred feet short of covering the width of the island. Over 2,000 Marines were killed or wounded. Those that survived suffered extreme exhaustion. None of the Marines predicted the ferocity with which the Japanese fought. After the first day of battle, we uh, all had in our minds it was not going to be a five-day battle. It was going to be much longer. As the Marines prepared to spend their first night on Iwo Jima, sleep was not an option, no matter how tired they were. Usually you get off a beach area and then you get into trees or brush or something and it gives you some cover. We had no cover on Evo except to burrow in the sand. Marine patrols probed the Japanese defenses under cover of darkness. They had no idea that with each step they took, the enemy was literally right under their feet. Hidden by their vast network of tunnels, the Japanese could strike anywhere at any time. February 19th, 1945. As Navy ships shelled enemy positions on Iwo Jima, the Japanese responded with a heavy artillery barrage. The US Marines on the island were caught in the crossfire. Private First Class Jim Norton The noise of those things going over was incredible. It sounded like a freight train. And uh, of course, then they're exploding all over the place. I think most of us figured this was it. We were going to end up in eternity in the next second, you know, because it was just unbelievable. Holes and craters from the intense shelling provided only fleeting protection. An artillery shell landed right next to PFC Norton. sniper fire all around him. He didn't dare leave the hole. I expected it to go off any time. Big, long thing like that. It didn't, but um, and it was there for days. In the black of night, Japanese forces had a clear advantage. 
They had created hidden firing positions called spider holes. Connected to their vast network of tunnels, they used them to ambush the Marines. Outmanned and outgunned, the Japanese had to rely on surprise to gain any advantage on the Americans. But the Marines were trained to be wary of Japanese tricks and avoid shooting at night, even if they thought they saw an enemy soldier. Private First Class Bill Nicholas. We've been told don't open fire at somebody at night unless you're real sure because several things. One, you may get the wrong man. Two, you may cons uh, give away your concealment or your position. PFC Nicholas carried a Browning automatic rifle which could fire 450 rounds per minute. It was a powerful weapon which made Nicholas a prime target of Japanese snipers. Shooting that Browning automatic rifle out into the middle of nowhere would do nothing more than draw fire. Where's it coming from? I don't know. I don't I can't see, see it. Him. Cover me. I'm not going to shoot at them. I can't see him. At night, to distinguish friend from foe, the Marines used passwords. They chose words with sounds that did not exist in the Japanese language. The passwords were either cars or trees. Lincoln, because they have a tough time pronouncing L's, and you were to use maple because they have a real tough time pronouncing those. When the sun finally rose on the second morning, Private First Class Jim Norton discovered he'd survived the night only because of the vigilance of a fellow Marine. Right outside the foxhole, probably within five feet, was um, a dead Japanese, and he had all kinds of stuff on him to blow us up. So somebody had got him before he got us. And uh, it was that way every night, you know. Your nerves play tricks on you. You think you see them, and they're not there, but a lot of times they are, and you don't see them. That morning, the 28th Marines H Company was to begin the assault on the right side of Mount Suribachi. They waited for the Navy to soften Japanese resistance. Japanese Navy ensign Kiyoshi Endo watched the bombardments. The American battleships were lined up in a row. When one row completed their mission, the next one would come in from the south. The bombardment continued without a break. The Japanese returned fire, unleashing an intense artillery barrage. For the Marines on the ground, the shells were landing dangerously close. Corporal Wesley Plummer. There was a terrific amount of uh, shelling from the ships out at sea and uh, the planes strafing and bombing and dropping napalm bombs just a few hundred yards or, or so in front of us. The US commanders monitored the attack on board ship. At 8.30 AM, 
the naval bombardment stopped to allow the Marines to move out. But when the Navy shelling ceased, the Japanese resistance was as heavy as before. The first troops to assault the mountain were devastated by heavy Japanese fire. H Company was called up to relieve them. bandages, blood-soaked bandages, and they had rifles turned upside down with plasma going out and into the guys who were wounded. And we thought, if we have to go in there where those guys were, and we're going to get the same treatment. Lots of wounds. As the 28th Marines H Company took up their position, they were pinned down. they could finally see the enemy. The mountain was covered with hundreds of Japanese gun and mortar emplacements. The Japanese gunners exacted a devastating toll on the company. Bob Norman was shot. Our lieutenant was hit. All by the same Japanese position there. Private First Class John Douglas. We were drawing enemy fire from a part of Montserrabachi that you could see. You could see them firing on out of that area. We were having trouble. We couldn't couldn't move, and so the tank came up and tried to give us a little support. The Sherman tanks brought the firepower of 75-millimeter cannons but they also increased the danger for the Marines on the ground. Tanks draw tremendous fire, always from the enemy, usually mortar fire. And uh, he was right in back, it was about as close as you can get. And uh, we hollered at him to move, because those, the mortars from the Japanese were coming right around us. The tank crew's field of vision was limited by the vehicle's tiny windows. The crew couldn't find the Japanese mortar position without opening the hatch and exposing themselves to enemy fire. The company was going to be wiped out if they could not direct the tank's fire. There's a telephone right there. You grab it and you can communicate with the driver of the tank and the rest of the people in there. It was a suicide mission to get to the tank's telephone. It was a terrible place to go to because all the small arm fire from the Japanese was directed at the tank, and anybody that was talking on it was going to get probably going to get shot. Corporal Charles Johnson didn't hesitate. I really don't know what possessed me to do that. I don't know. I know that we need more firepower up there. If Johnson didn't make it to the tank, the men of H Company would be slaughtered. On the second day of the Battle of Iwo Jima, the men of the 28th Marines H Company were pinned down at the base of Mount Suribachi. They were under heavy fire from a Japanese mortar. 
the Marines called in a Sherman tank to destroy the Japanese position. But the tank crew couldn't see the enemy. Any of you to go to that tank, get on this rock I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Corporal Charles Johnson risked death by trying to direct the tank crew's fire. So he did what we really were trained to do, and that's to go into the back of the tank. And he told them where the Japanese were. H Company hoped the tank would destroy the enemy position before the enemy zeroed in on Corporal Johnson. Johnson was hit. Johnson's been hit, sir! Johnson's been hit! Corbin! Corman! Johnson's in! He sacrificed himself to save the men of H Company. Now medical corpsman Archie Williams risked his life to save Johnson, as their friend, Private First Class Jim Norton, watched helplessly. I wanted to go with him, see how he was, you know, but I knew I couldn't. So. But I knew he was at least okay because he was walking, you know. Because of Johnson's heroic actions, the tank found its target. I didn't do any more than anybody else on that island, believe me. The, I mean, there's guys on that island that did just as much, maybe more than I ever did. But I, I, maybe I was in the right place at the right time. That's it. Corporal Johnson was evacuated to the beach, where he found a friend from H Company who had been critically wounded in the same mortar attack. Though the wounded were no longer on the front lines, they still were not safe. Navy Dr. Thomas Brown. There were a lot of men who were waiting to be evacuated from the beach or killed by the enemy fire while they were waiting. Johnson and his friend were evacuated for treatment to a hospital ship just off the coast of Iwo Jima. While on board, Johnson saw firsthand the massive number of casualties suffered on the island. Many of the men didn't make it. The bodies of dead Marines filled the deck. Johnson's friend was among them. They said, all guys that can make it, please come over this, because they buried him at sea. When they put him up on the slab with the flag over, draped over him, and then they said prayers and all. And they left it up and dumped them right in the ocean. I could hear the splash in the water. It was rough, rough sight, yeah. It just hurt so much that I, I, it, I uh, it's hard to explain. I just, it just hurt me tremendously. If you let your mind think about being buried at sea, it's a very, very cold, cold, serious, serious thing. And they couldn't keep those men all that way to, till they finally got them somewhere. But it's just a, 
It's about the worst thing I can think of as being buried at sea. Back on Iwo Jima, the 28th Marines H Company were still locked in a fierce battle at the base of Mount Suribachi. The men had no cover. They were in clear view of the Japanese gun emplacements on the mountain. The company was taking heavy casualties. Second day, our lieutenant was gone. You know, that's your, the guy who's been trained to lead a platoon and knew all the battle plans and everything else, and he's gone. Who's in charge now? So then yes, a platoon sergeant had to take the platoon. And after that, eventually, it was a corporal doing it, so. That's one thing about Americans, I mean, when you're, there's always some guy that can take charge, you know what I mean, even if he's a private, and keep moving. I mean, they don't just say, well, we gotta quit, because, you know, the commander's gone or something. The 28th Marines' advance was long and bloody. On the way up, they had to destroy each Japanese bunker built into the mountain. Every yard the men advanced was hard fought. Private First Class John Douglas. To go across the island, I think, was a 1,000 yards or something like that at that bottleneck area. And we were three days going across that 1,000 yards. It was just, it was just a miserable, slow process. And you'd, you'd be down for more than you'd be up going. Casualties mounted as the 28th Marines tried to advance up the mountain. At the base of Suribachi, H Company was caught in deadly crossfire. I had my BAR, and another BAR from another squad was in the same hole I was in. And the squad leader said, One of you fellows have got to split because we've got too much firepower in one area. So I was with the group that I was supposed to be with, and he was out. This young fellow just got shot 125 caliber right through his throat. He only fluttered his eyes a couple of times, and, and he was dead. You wonder if you're not going to be next, because uh, it's getting down to now six or seven guys that are that are not killed in our, of our 45 guys. So, not killed or wounded, you know. As the 28th Marines moved closer to the summit, the Japanese resistance intensified. Every day was worse. Every day was worse. Only a few days into the battle, the Marines were suffering from exhaustion and sleep deprivation. The relentless days of heavy combat were taking a toll. They rarely got a glimpse of the enemy. When they did, they had only seconds to act. The slightest hesitation would cost them their lives. Enemy! I couldn't fire my BR because it was full of volcanic ash. And I had a dickens of a time even keeping that thing clean up till that point. It, it wouldn't fire half the time. Grenade! 
The Japanese got down, and we got down, and then the grenade went off. Grenade out! February 22nd, 1945. The Battle of Iwo Jima was in its fourth night. The men of the 28th Regiment's H Company were locked in heavy fighting at the base of Mount Suribachi. Corporal Clyde Larkin and Private First Class John Douglas were in a hole facing a Japanese infiltrator. Douglas's weapon jammed as the Japanese soldier pulled the pin on a hand grenade. Larkin got off a shot, but missed. And then Larkin killed him. I said to Larkin, I said, Larkin, I'm hit. And he he said a he said a funny thing. He said, Don't die here, Doug. He said, get out of the hole. And and I knew I had to get out of the hole. I knew I had to get some help. Medical corpsman Arky Williams was in a nearby hole with PFC Jim Norton. Go! I got you, Can you make it? Go, I got you. Help was only 30 feet away. But Douglas's leg was severely wounded. He would have to crawl over the exposed ground. Corbin, get him! Somehow, he made it. Get out of the hole, I need room. I'm here, I need room. Get in the hole! And Arky gave me some morphine, and, and then he just sat there in the hole with me. Just, just stayed there all night with me. He just never left me. He just stayed right, right there. He just was a hero. He's my hero. The amazing thing about a corpsman is that they, they respond to every cry and everybody that's in need. I don't care how heavy the fire was and how much it was out in the open, if someone hollered corpsman, a corpsman came running. When you've got to go out where somebody's been wounded and take care of them, you're putting yourself right into the same spot they were. So it's the chances you're not getting hit are almost unbelievable. But that's what these guys do constantly. They're very courageous. The life of a corpsman is very, very fragile. Stretcher bearers carried Douglas to the aid station at first light. As he was lifted out, his best friend, Charlie Bond, found him. He was an I company, and I was an H company. And he, he told me, don't take care of myself and be, and be well. Anyway, he didn't make it. Charlie Bond was killed in a mortar blast. To have somebody that's your real buddy, you know, it really, I don't know, it just makes, um, it makes war real close. The 28th Marines assault on Suribachi stalled. 
pinned down by heavy resistance, they could not advance any further. They continued suffering heavy casualties. Private First Class Bill Nichols. All of the 28th Regiment was around Mount Shirobachi. H Company was somewhat in the middle of a broken line around the base. Once again, the company was being decimated by heavy artillery high in the mountain. Got it, sir. They brought in more firepower. BFC Nicholas was ordered to help the tank direct its fire. As I picked up the phone, the Japanese began to file mortar shells down around that area. One of them exploded someplace behind me, and some of the fragments hit me in the leg. I got one piece, a shrapnel, which went through my nose up toward my eye. PFC Nicholas was put aboard a Higgins boat, the same craft the Marines used to land, and was taken off the island. As he was being transferred to the hospital ship, he saw a welcome sight. I lifted up in the stretcher, and everything stopped. I remember kind of leaning over my side and hauling down there, you know, what's going on? And they said, look over that way, you can see it. And I looked over toward Mount Shuribachi, and at that time, the, the flag went up. The men of the 5th Division's 28th Marines Easy Company finally fought their way to the summit of the mountain and raised the flag. And that was, yeah, that was a wonderful sight. But there's a lot of guys that <clears throat> never saw it, you know, never saw that, never, never will see that. Corporal Wesley Plummer watched from the base of the mountain. That made tears come to eyes. It was emotional after all the fellas that we had lost, that we'd lost during the few days it took to take that place. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. Join us again next week for part two of our series on H Company as we learn more about their climactic final battle for the island of Iwo Jima. In the meantime, if you can't wait to learn more, just head to our YouTube, where you can watch even more history documentaries. If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at little.studios.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and write a review, too. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 